So I'm like, Hey, it, it's a, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. But you know, the one time I went in there and I'm like, listen to me, you got to clean your room. And they're like, why are you so weird? I'm like, I don't know. And I can't get out of character, you know, but it was great. It was great. And you just hit the record button and that's going on the air. That's fine. I'm okay. No, it's not. I edit the shit out of this. Okay. I'm going to make it. I'm, no, man, leave it. Leave it. We can leave it if we want. My point is that's what happened yeah. last time. We were like, well, we're going to leave the shitty impersonation in. And then we'd left it. Yeah, in. do it. But no, I don't care. I'm only recording because we can. Uh, but what's annoying to me is that you just did a great Arnold impersonation. Mine was like my worst one. And I've had some that were decent. But this one was like as if I didn't know who he was. <laughs> this is like how bad yeah. it was and then he outdid me by doing an even worse one and it's so oh my goodness so bad so he gets a special thanks and i hope that goes through i hope that actually writes through hey there this is ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure in this podcast we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it i hope you enjoy Or Fritz, man, like Mike. Yeah, seriously, like I tell people, I'm like, yeah, Mike just doesn't fit me. Like, I feel like a construction worker, and that's totally, I don't have the body type for that. Mm. But pass the mics. Yeah, I know the mustache, I guess. I need to shave this thing off because this is not on brand for me. I just did this yesterday, <laughs> so I'm like, this thing's got to go. It's going on my nose. It's just terrible. I'm just aware of my face all the time. Was it a beard that reduced? Okay. It was. It was, yeah. I had a whole face full of hair. Like, it was even, like, under my eyes, and I'm like, it's time for a change. And I just trimmed it off. And then I'm like, I hate this. And uh, hmm. it's time to ruin this. You know, I failed. I failed at my face there. And I'm on the perfect podcast to talk about. That. That's No, it's great. Honestly, what my biggest failure was, I didn't know I could grow this till a year ago. Oh, yeah. I spent most of my adult life looking like Mr. Clean for no reason, just because I thought I couldn't grow it on bottom if I can't grow it on top. Since I've grown the beard, the confidence level has gone through the roof. I wish I could go back 10 years and grow a beard. And so anybody out there listening, if you can grow a beard, grow a beard if you can't grow a beard buy a fake beard yeah <laughs> beard's the way out of whatever problems you have and of course michael just just threw it away it's in the trash man and i you know i can get it out you want to mail it to you in an envelope you can like glue it to your face if the the first listener who emails me about a, a beard wig they'll get your shavings there we go <laughs> There's a market for everything, bro. So what I'd like to do to start out the, the show is uh, to have you inflate yourself, to brag as much as humanly possible about all the good things you've done so that when we get to the failures, it's uh, it's less biting and also people know more of the stakes of what's what the good things were, not just all the crap that you've been through. Um, so pump yourself up a bit. Give it a little, uh, like, you know, if if you didn't care about looking egotistical, what would you what would you say? And I would say my wife and I have four daughters, ages six, eight, 10, and 12. That's really great for me because I don't have to do math in my head until the end of this month when our 10-year-old turns 11. Um, I've started three businesses. I started a tech business. I started a podcasting business. And then I co-founded a business with my wife, Charlotte. Um, I have been in the IT space for almost 20 years. I started off in electronics, I got into robotics, and I decided to get into computer science, and it's just been a steady, like, 
every year it's like a different career. I was a developer, I was a software tester, I was an automation engineer, DevOps engineer, marketing, uh, consulting, da 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 da. And it's just been crazy. I, I have a tendency to just run my life like I'm running with scissors. I just love taking risk. Mm. Mental risk is like breakfast of champions for me. And is that a Weird Al reference? What is running with scissors? Running with scissors. It's an album name. Of his. No, actually, I forgot that was what that was what it was. Um, but yeah, I am. I do like Weird Al. I do partake in that every once in a while. But I forgot about that, man. I totally forgot. Did you say growing, growing girls? Is that what you call it? Making, like manufacturing. Like I, I'm sure you know about the process, right? Oh, my point is, your wife gets that credit, dude. She does. You get second place at best. I, you know, I provide the raw some of the raw material i know your parents have had to talk with you you know how this works like, you're no one's gonna side with you on this it, they're not gonna say the guy you know <laughs> side with you man this isn't junior you know we were talking about arnold this isn't right you didn't birth the kid so i think everyone's gonna say you at least get like you know we'll call Marshall you we, like just barely underneath you know because she's go. doing the the heavy lifting and labor lifting the pushing yes yes she did a great job and she would be four like, times you made her do this. Oh, I know she did. Yeah, we're totally outnumbered. I mean, we have we have enough. Like if we had to grab both of them, like in one in each arm, mm-hmm. and then she has one in each arm. Like if we have any more, it's like great. Now we're outnumbered. But if you team up with them, you got so many arms that can do good. Yeah, we can delegate. Grab your sister. Let's go. That works. That actually does work. It's all about grabbing each other. Yeah. Why don't you all grab leaves and pick them up and put them in a leaf bag or something? We do. We do that around here. You have a lot of trees that just puke leaves everywhere out in Kansas City. Um, Is that a thing you have out there? I don't know because I've only been here a year. Mm, Let's say yes. Okay. So you're not getting to around here. We have gum trees here and they just like puke. Gum trees? Uh, I almost said they, yeah, like gumball, gumballs, those spiky gumballs. You ever see those? You step on them and they just poke your foot. Huh? You're looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. They're like they're they're about an inch. Are are you talking about the things that stick to your clothes and piss you off? No, they're big. They're great big. They're like they're not burrs. Those are burrs, right? Yeah, they're not burrs. There's they're big gumballs. They're like an inch across, and there's like thousands and thousands of them. There's no other name for it, like crab apple or something. No, man, you gotta Google it. Gotta Google it. No, Jamie, pull that up. You know, Google it. Is that where gum shoes come from? <laughs> I don't even know, man. But they get everywhere and we get out there and it's a it's an ordeal we pick them up uh, i just looked it up on snopes it's not a thing actually it's not a thing lies <laughs> i'm looking right at them man i got empirical evidence like right outside my truck i can see them they're all over the patio we just raked them up like two weeks ago that's a big gum tree wants you to think yeah man <laughs> I like, I've, I've kind of gotten into the habit of, of liking to not look things up now because we've gotten to the point where we can know everything oh so you didn't actually look it up I like to just yeah. ruminate like we used to. Yeah. Remember when we'd go, I wonder, eh, well, I'll just wonder. Yeah. Because you'd go to an encyclopedia or not, or call your friend who might know yeah. or not. And you'd mostly just kind of yeah. think about it. Theorize about stuff. This is, this is like pre-internet, I'm thinking. Yeah. You know? I remember that. I remember those days. I, I vaguely remember. I remember uh, in fifth grade, they were like, we're getting America online. And I'm like, yeah. what does that mean? I remember that. And then I remember installing Doom with like 23 floppy disks. And then. Yep. And now you can run it on a microwave. 
uh, taking like a day to download an MP3 and then it would be a Weird Al one instead of the real thing or whatever. Yeah. I remember that. LimeWire. Yeah, because uh, that was a big one. Uh, yep. The Napster guy, I think, never got money for it, right? I don't think he did, but I think he got a takedown, right? And that's when it all fragmented and just went nuts. And there was like 50 clones out there like, you'll never take us alive. Yeah. Uh, you know, Napster was the one. Yeah, I think he's sleeping at the wheel. Naps during, you know? <laughs> Anyway, so you, you're a serial man. <laughs> Gotta acclimate. Okay. I think I'm so you're saying you're a serial entrepreneur who cannot get enough. That's right. It's addictive. Man, if I could start, if I could have 10 businesses going at the same time, that would be super cool. So I did that. Got ideas for some other ones. I did that. Did you? But I did it. Is that why you don't have any hair? That's why I lost all my hair. Um, one of the businesses was a <laughs> hair removal business. Uh <laughs> it works. What I realized was that I was doing all this networking, right? Promoting my Excel thing. And then people, especially if I've seen the same people, I would just get bored trying to pitch that. So then I realized I don't even have to make a website. I just go buy business cards for 10 bucks for a hundred or whatever. And then I had like at least 10 to 15 different businesses. I wanted to be the, the guy in New York with the trench coat of watches. Like what kind of business do you need? Oh, I am a life coach or I've got this other thing. And if you have a business card and a phone number, like, yeah. And I've had, I'd have phone numbers for each one and like emails for each one. I was like, how much is too much? And then I found out that's too much. A lot of that's too much. So I've scaled it back a lot, but I still got remnants where like, I don't know. I've probably got like six or seven emails that are active right now that I have to check. Yeah. And at least eight phone numbers. I can probably tell you that would reach me. Man, you're a easy guy to get a hold of then. I was going to say you're a hard guy to get a hold of, but. Or hard because I don't notice all of them because they're all, there's so many of them. It more things get lost in the shuffle than they do get found. So I found out mm-hmm. it's that's too many. I gotta narrow it down. But um, in order to, that's why I don't. I say fail it till you nail it instead of fake it till you make it. So I was like, how many phones is too many phones? I had four phones at one point because you have to hook those numbers up to things, right? But then right, it's too many phones. But if you're so, how many did you have when you were going like gangbusters? Like, how many total companies did you have? So, um, Excel exposure, failure guy, Sage quit, elevated pitches, pop-up startup, wide net podcast. Um, I think I could probably name four more that I had business cards for, but the funniest thing was the, the world's number one failure thing. I would just get up and say that I'm the world's number one failure. I wouldn't have a business. I wouldn't have a thing behind it there's no anything there's no podcast there's no book i I was eventually gonna write a book at the time but i was just i would just say that to see what people reacted like because everyone else was like i'm the best real estate guy in the city or whatever and i'm like hey i'm the world's number one failure uh whatever come talk to me i just make up a new thing i'd say each time and these are people who've seen me pitch like 18 different businesses or or talk about the excel thing forever so they were always like what the hell is this guy doing and uh pick a thing (laughs) and i'm like i don't want to pick a thing or i want to just I want to, like, if I have a lot of good ideas, I could probably own 70 to 100 domains, all of which could be good ideas. But really, the real mm-hmm. good idea that I'm avoiding working on is the one that should be making me money. But yeah, shiny object syndrome, right? Yep, that's right. Product of us 80s kids. But you're diagnosed with ADHD. I have diagnosed ADHD, but yeah. But I was undiagnosed till I was like 25. So yeah. But I did great, great in school. Sorry, but let's see about you. So go. how do you do what you do? Well, like you're talking about the mechanics of it. I reuse a lot of stuff. I mean, so podcastify.me, if that's the name of it, right? Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, that one's working out for you. Is that one working? Yeah. People are paying me money for that. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and do you find yourself wanting to do that more because of that or to still go get distracted? Oh, absolutely. I want to do it more. And see, the thing is, is like when I look at the different businesses, which now I'm, I'm really only focused on two. Mm -hmm. um, the first one I mentioned is like, I'm going to shutter that. I'm going to put that aside. It's not making any money. But I find that to manage my time and my energy is to find points of commonality between the two companies. So I use a lot of automation mm -hmm. for the podcasting stuff, but I also use a lot of automation for the marketing and sales and outreach aspect for the company my wife and I have. So it's not like, oh, I'm spending 40 hours a week every week on two different companies. That's 80 hours. It's like, no, it's it's not mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, and I move fast. I drink a lot of coffee. If you design it right, yeah. if you set it up right, yeah. So a lot of process, a lot of structure, a lot of delegation. It's tough. You know, figuring out what to hand off when. It is, but it's fun. I love it. And I have just really enjoyed jumping into the deep end of the pool on things and saying, all right, let's figure it out. I've never died as a result of it. Not once? I've always You've come never out. Died? Yeah, not once, man. Oh, come on. I no, man. You look dead to me. It's, it's crazy. Okay. You would think, no, it's just this stupid filter. I think the green cord on my camera is falling apart, right? It's the no beard, I think. The no beard, man. <laughs> you got to get some hair in your face, get some life. But yeah, it's it's just been, it's a lot of fun, you know, and I, and I come out stronger. I always either come out stronger or I come out with some new insight that I never would have had if I hadn't gone that direction. And I came out of an upbringing where it was like, yeah, there's a lot of structure. You're supposed to just settle in, get a good job, mm -hmm. get a good paying job, get some stability. Um, didn't really have any entrepreneurs in my family. And going from that to this mm -hmm. has been a heck of a mind job. And I used to be super scared, but now it's like fear is energy. I'm able to take that and run. Ooh, I like it. You know what I'm saying? I say, yeah, I think I stole it from somewhere, but you use fear as fuel because yes. you're going outside of your comfort zone. It's like an indication that you're doing something worth doing. Cause if That's you're right. in the comfort zone, you don't, nothing happens. I mean, like you just coast and you're not pushing your boundaries or the envelope or really learning, you know, you get into to just cruise control mode and that's not going to, not going to grow you. That's right. You get fat and sloppy and I've been there and I don't like that. I don't like that. I, it becomes more of a defending my turf and making sure that I don't get got. And I didn't like how I was. And so I just deliberately introduce instability in a lot of areas in my life. Could you give an example? Yeah. So one of the first things that I did was when I, when I graduated college, I got a, I got a, a job as a software developer and embedded systems developer. And uh, from there, I went to a corporate job where it was full-time, great benefits, like the kind of healthcare where you could literally run with scissors mm -hmm. and they would pay for it. Right. It's like $50 copay and that's it. Um, you know, really good pay for at the time. And that stability just made me feel like keep pushing, 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 and not really getting anywhere. I'm doing more, spending more time getting paid the same at salaried. Mm -hmm. But I realized, okay, jumping from that for me to full-time employee into being a contractor where it's like, ooh, super scary. They could fire you anytime they want. Uh, they can fire employees anytime they want. Spoiler alert. But by the way, spoiler alert, you don't know my story. I've been fired from every job I've had since graduating college, which is six. Yes, dude, that's awesome. It can happen at any time. It does. You can think you're irreplaceable, too. I've had that happen multiple times. <laughs> yeah. 
they were they replaced me. They did, yeah. And it's like, you know, um, but just that mental switch of going from being a full-time employee to being a contractor is like it was invigorating. Like in the first week, I was able to solve a challenge where they were stuck mm. for like two or three interns and people that came in, like, we can't figure this out. I was able to knock it out. It was hard mm-hmm. and try every dirty trick I could think of. And some that I hadn't even learned yet, Yeah, but I got it. And I'm like, that was the fuel I needed. That was the fattest dopamine hit I had to date. I'm like, dude, this is freaking amazing. I'm never going back, mm-hmm. never going back. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's just an example. And it's just been more and more of that. Well, throughout my just, career. just like there's the, the, the scariness of they could, you know, or you have to prove yourself kind of thing and, and earn their business at the same time you can benefit hugely because uh, you're pricing it. You're providing the solutions, you're providing the value, you know, and like you have all the control when you're an employee uh, you really don't. I was, I've been so frustrated with the decisions that are being made by people who are inept. Uh, mm-hmm. I've even been fired twice by people who I hired. I interviewed and hired them because they had good really? offsetting qualities. Like they were more diligent about things. They'd like to do lists and stuff. And I don't, but then that inability to connect with them. And then they became a boss, of course, because uh, I'm not like vying for power type of thing. And they're also always keeping track of everything you did wrong. And I'm like, I, I barely have time to do my job, which isn't true. I just automate stuff up and then pretend, but I'm not keeping track of what everyone else is doing. I'm not, I could have had a giant file of stuff that you did wrong. You're, you definitely did a bunch of stuff, but yeah, you know, I'm not going to keep track of that stuff, but I think what would happen is I'd mentally quit and then they'd fire me. Cause why would I, I, I always thought there was something to save, you know? Yeah. But it took me six yep. times. Now I'm like, okay, I'm not going back to corporate America. Not only cause they don't want me clearly, but because I don't want to be there. I don't like it. And I'd much rather do almost anything else. I know that feel, bro. Including teach people how to work in corporate America. Cause I can teach them that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know. And that's the thing too. It's like, I, I struggled for a while thinking like, is there something wrong with me? Like, is this just me bucking authority? Is this me? Like, you know, not being humble. Am I being prideful? Yeah. Or am I lazy sometimes? Yeah. Lazy. It's like, you don't want to, you just don't want to be told what to do. And it's like, you know, I don't think that's the case. I think that there are some people who like stability. They want the predictability. Mm -hmm. They don't want to do sales and marketing. They just want to show up and have the process carved out for them so that they can settle in and just do the job and just do what they're asked, right? I am not that kind of person. I used to be, Mm -hmm. but now I'm not. And I don't have anything bad to say about people that want. We need those kind of people. You do. You absolutely do. And I think it's it's a great calling as an entrepreneur to build out the processes, to build out the systems and the infrastructure to enable people like that to come in and belong. You know, we're basically, we're chaos mages, right? Like we're out there, we're wielding all kinds of crazy, unpredictable stuff, but mm-hmm. our goal, our output as entrepreneurs is stability. You know, we're wielding instability we're taking that heat so that we can provide this ability for others. And it's like, man, as a business owner, that's like our biggest calling. So yeah, I'm going to run into that. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to be in corporate. That's either. why I was hiring those people because they were the kind of people yeah. who were the, the follow the blueprint, do the rule book things, mm-hmm. you know, and I need those kind of people. So I appreciate those kind of people when yeah. 
they offset my uh, weirdness and you know we all are on the same page of how it would work um but yeah. when they want you to fit in that box it's really tough to to live that life and i think right each time i got fired i became more myself at work rather than being someone else like someone who likes sports we were talking about sports earlier also if kpmg my first company never fired me i might still be working in public accounting like i needed to get fired because i wouldn't give up on a lot i would just stay so like i needed them to go get the hell out of here six times before yeah. i'm like all right i'll get the hell out of here fine i get it <laughs> i get it finally yeah i mean it's like when you're pushed out pushed out of your comfort zone that's when that's when things really happen i think and i talk about this a lot with people it's like our brains funny enough are wired up to not do what guys like you and i do right you know we want stability because the brain's really good at establishing patterns it's really good at saying hey um what's the easiest way for me to not have to consume more calories right i don't want to have to think i don't want to have to worry i mm -hmm. want stability and structure right and then when you're pushed into the situation where it's like, uh oh, it's like, all right, well, you know, you got to trust your brain. You'll figure it out. But yeah, it's scary. It is scary. But it's also invigorating. That poop your pants feeling is your body telling you, hey, you're doing the right thing. Especially when you're actually <laughs> pooping your pants. <laughs> no, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, not literally. Oh, my goodness. I didn't read the manual. <laughs> what have I gotten myself into on this show, dude? I mean, if we're going to be honest, I, I mean, I've pooped my pants a handful of times in my adult life that, you know, I could, I, if I could take them back, I would, mm -hmm. but I can't. So, and I can't you take can. back what I just said. I can, t I could literally take it back because I can control it, but I'll leave it out there just for the world to, to hear. Cause Hey, leave, leave it in, man. Someone out there is pooping their pants right now. Someone is. <laughs> and they need to hear this. It's okay. Like, just clean it up though. Holy gee whiz. They're talking about me. Yeah. Are they listening in? Yeah. Um, so did any of those businesses that you're starting running those things like, did you have major failures that were huge setbacks that the normal person would, would really get like downtrodden and, and uh, almost give up, but for you didn't deter you or you had some resiliency to stick through, you know, so the first business and I started it in 2015, I had a big big setback. And I, I've come to grips with this. I know that it's not something I normally talk about with people, but you have an honest face and I'll share it with you. And I know you're going to share it with the world, but I had a really bad setback. I first was not real emotionally mature. Looking back, I know that I had some hangups about things where I would let situations like 10X, how serious it was, my whole body would just be like, oh my goodness, what the heck? But I had a contract that ended up falling through and it was very, very bad. And what had happened was there were some red, some red flags mm -hmm. and I ignored those red flags at the start. And I, I said, oh, yeah, you know, it's really it'd be really cool to have three clients at the same time. I'll be making some fat bank. Right. So I said yes to the project. And later on, what ended up happening was. It was a very combative environment, and I didn't realize that at the time. And the internally or situation the, or, the, or the industry, like in oh, your in, company, internally okay. in the place, it. It, like in at the client's place, like because I had okay. employees, and I'm like, hey, we're fine, we have a great culture. But this particular client was like, people just felt beat down, they felt scared, they were kind of latched in, not because they had customer loyalty or client like 
the employee loyalty is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have employee loyalty. It's just people were so friggin' scared to do anything. They would just keep their heads down and not want to make change. And then they bring me in and they're like, Hey, come in and make change. And it's like, okay, I'm friggin' trying, but mm-hmm. uh, people are just really resistant. And there was like less communication. And then I was getting thrown under the bus. You know, the CIO of the company was like, all right, can you come in and talk? Because so-and-so is here. It's the recruiter that is in charge of, you know, bringing you in and she proceeded to say all right this isn't done this isn't done this isn't done and instead of saying okay let's pump the brakes here like we have multiple ways that we can communicate you can call me you can email me um i'm literally sitting in your old desk your old cube you can come to me when i'm on site i'm more than happy to have meetings but this stuff is like wigging the recruiter out and she was like in reaction mode and I got in reaction mode and it ended up coming to a head and they, they nixed the contract. And I felt so bad, dude. I seriously, just for a split second, just for a split second thought I need to end this. And I mean, end it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just such a, just a tumultuous, like, everything like body chemistry was going nuts and i'm Mm -hmm. like panic attack i think it was my first time i ever had a panic attack in my life and it was not fun and it it just it was hellacious and i finally came through it and i came to peace with it and i said you know what that does not define me as a person it does not matter if someone's upset at me it does not matter what their opinion is of me that doesn't define anything about me as a person. And I realized I had been giving people control of my emotions for too long. I hadn't protected them Mm. and I learned not to do that, but yeah, man, it was, it sucked. Was it mostly beating yourself up because you thought a better person would have handled this better and you're not a better person or is it because of just simply what you said or what, what was the, what were you mainly beating yourself up over just the fact you lost the relationship or that you couldn't make it work? Yeah, I really, I felt like an abject failure. You know, I had self-defined as a person who sucked, who did not have value, who failed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now, I mean, of course I can look back and be like, Oh, it's failure. It's just data. It's just information. Or yeah, I could have done this better, but it doesn't mean I suck as a person. But I didn't know that back then. I, I just internalized it and just ruminated on it. It was like, you know, chewing on it all the time and it was eating away at me. And it was just, I think it was a mess, dude. There's just that kind of muggy, stank feeling. Yeah. Cause I wear it a different way, but so many people have such a negative relationship with the word failure. I didn't realize until I started the podcast, so many people don't like using the word even. And that's cause I think the way that they, and like you, you were saying, internalize it is more of a final destination. This is what you are forever kind of a thing. Whereas for me, it's like um, people can always grow and become smarter or better or whatever. And so anybody who's successful didn't just magically become successful. They had to do a bunch of at least one failure to get there. I mean, like it's a requirement. You don't. And if, and if someone didn't, they're going to eventually fail because they didn't have any of that adversity that they had overcome, they, they're going to get screwed over. Like there's no way to, to just Mr. Magoo your way through businesses and get there. You know, I love that. Oh man. 
the mental picture. It's the first time I ever used it because I was just trying to figure out what, who gets no credit but still gets to the end. And it's Mr. Magoo. Yeah. He can't even see where he's going. But everything else conspires to get him there. Uh, whereas sometimes it can feel like everything's getting in your way because just like you have a surplus of good ideas. It's just not enough time or, or focus to, to like devote to bringing them to reality. You know? I know. It's a blessing and a curse, isn't it? Yeah, but then when you're working full time, it's even, it's like impossible to get your dreams made. And especially if I'm, I was working in finance, I'd be so tapped out on finance. By the time I got home, I wouldn't want to look at my own finances. You know, like uh, I did that all day at work. I don't look at my own checkbook. You nuts? Oh, it is my yeah. it is my money. I get to do whatever I want with it. You know, aka stupid mm-hmm. stuff that I know I shouldn't. I was a financial planning and analysis manager, and I don't even know how to financially plan my own life. I joked I didn't like taking my work home with me, but it was like yeah. It's playtime, you know? It's like, yeah. But I, so what I got to do is make an obscene relax. amount of money so that I can afford to live the, the weird way that I like to, to live. Yeah, man. You got to make more than you spend. That's fundamental. Yeah. Most people try to reduce what they spend, though. I'm a fan of trying to increase what you make. Yeah. That's that the works. more uncertain one, though. You can figure out what you spend and minimize that. But that's, there's like a, a certainty to that that people like. So they tend to focus on that. They're like, oh, I know how much pay. If I reduce that, I can see the difference. But figuring out how to increase sales is like a weird thing. And since I used to do forecasting, like I knew it was all, I'm not a psychic. I can't tell you we're going to make it in five years. You got to go sell stuff. But I can show you it in a thing. And then once it's in a, th- a spreadsheet, like people go, oh, well, it's all good. We're like, it's going to happen. And I'm like, yeah. what could happen? You say if we, make, if we make this many more sales, this is how much more money we're going to have. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Yay. But yeah, the cool thing is actually uh, like, I don't like rich people trading money, which is why. So every time I got fired, I'd switch industries, but I like there being a real thing. So like what you're doing with the podcast, if I think it sounds awesome, you know, because you're bringing people who might have more difficulty in getting their message out to the world. Right. And you're making it easier for them. Right. Mm-hmm. That's my understanding that's right. at least. That's right. And that means I got the branding on point. If that's what you got out of it, then that's exactly what I'm doing. Perfect. And that was based on one minute of research, basically Uh, scrolling, skimming, because I hate reading because I have ADHD. So like if there's an audio book of what your website said, I would have been fine. Yeah, I could have listened to a podcast (laughs) or anything, but I can't. We were talking about like we can't even consume podcasts anymore because we're too busy making them. And uh, and we're pushers, man. We don't partake of our stock. What? Uh, or we don't have time because we're too busy <laughs> pushing it on ourselves. Because uh, right. I, I love filling my time, but this doesn't feel like work. Talking, I could talk yeah. endlessly. I'm probably talking too much during this one specifically, but I just enjoy meeting people, understanding where they're coming from. And like, that's why I think I should have been more in like either a creative thing or sales, but I went into accounting and I'm like, why the hell did I do that? That's the dumbest. You know, if you're an extrovert who likes to talk to people, you don't want to be talking to people through numbers in the spreadsheet is hard to tell a joke that way. It's not, it's not dumb, man. And I mean, I look back at everything that I've done over the years and it's like, there's not a single thing that was a waste. There's not a single experience that I can look back on and say, well, that didn't actually do anything to move the needle one way or the other. A hundred percent of it. I've had some goofy jobs, dude. That's the, that's the hard part is having that kind of mindset, which, is what you need. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I didn't always have it either. It was kind of like foisted upon me, but you know, like you looking back, it's like, okay, 
all these things that I've been doing, all these places I've been fired from, or all the places I've been laid off from, or changes in my career, pivots, whatnot. It's like, it's all part of this journey. It's giving you fuel to go to the next level, whatever that next level is, but you don't have to have a plan. You don't have to be like, where's my 15 year plan. It's like, no, just live life. Go. There's, there's abundance Mm -hmm. out there, all kinds of things to do. Just go live, do the thing. It's a, it's a giant sandbox. The world is a giant sandbox. Go play. Yeah. And you never know what can happen, but most people just, limit themselves they just limit their ability they're like we're uh, you know either they're because of their upbringing whatever it's like i'm not that kind of person i'm not a creative person all you do to to be creative is to go create something so Mm -hmm. all it is doesn't even have to be good (laughs) you're a creator you know it's probably not gonna be good at first but yeah just break the seal on it see what happens see how it feels yep we're really good at uh, critiquing things and revising things, but we're bad at creating things. So just create anything and then critique it into goodness is my method. Yeah. Yep. But it's a beautiful method. You know, it's messy and ugly, but it's nice. But I think so. Like you're saying, I, I'm super happy that I've had all the experiences I've had because I know the business side of things. And then now I can do the weird creative stuff, but still know the business stuff. And that's mm-hmm. where a lot of people don't know both worlds, but I don't barely know the creative world. You know, I'm like, finally put myself out there what got you to the point where you could put yourself out there in a non uh back burner role like in a you know where you're putting yourself out there as a uh as a person to be listened to rather than just a cog in the wheel that isn't necessarily known about yeah you're asking me how that happened i am yeah um we're like yeah so now you do podcasts and stuff which i'm sure took a bit of time before you're okay putting yourself as a host of something or whatever like what was your creative Mm -hmm. journey going from a software developer to you know the face of things or the voice of things or whatever you'd want to call it you know i think it started so the one place i was contracting at for probably a year and a half I'd been sitting on the idea of starting a business and I got asked to leave and they said, it's not personal. It's just, we're got cutbacks. This is the legacy side of things, but we have to let you go. We want to give you like a month's notice though. They're not going to like give me a box and escort me out. Mm -hmm. So they're really nice about it, but that's where I started getting into consulting. I kicked off the business. I filed for an LLC, uh, which, you know, in Missouri is like 50 bucks. It was 50 bucks. And then, Colorado or Boston, wherever I did it, it's, it was like 50 it's bucks. cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It's like business cards, man. It's like, you don't even need like an actual brick and mortar, just a website. Boom, done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I started from there and that's where I started getting a feel for more independence. And I started getting a lot more involved in the software testing community. People were coming to me for my advice about things. So I started getting into, mm-hmm. okay, sharing my advice, sharing my knowledge and kind of getting out of this. I'm just a guy. I don't really know anything. It's like, no, I know stuff. People are coming to me, asking me questions. And they're like taking my advice. and They're using it. Wow. And when I started getting into podcasting, I said, okay, I want to start a podcast. I've got this idea, this content banging around in my head. I don't want to write blogs. I don't want to just do social media. Mm-hmm. I want to do a podcast. And so the first ones, which were all the way back in like early 2019, uh, those episodes sucked. And it was just me kind of opining on different things, no real structure, no direction. And I started having some buddies that were on as guests and we talk about DevOps. We talk about automation. We talk mm-hmm. about, you know, business ownership and it, and it started getting into 
entrepreneurship. And I'd have entrepreneurs on. Let's talk about the journey. Let's talk about kind of like what we're doing right now. And it eventually got to the point where people were saying, you're a really good host. You have, I mean, at first they would say, you, you really got a face for radio, Fritz. And I'm like, thanks. And I'm like, hey, wait a second. What the heck? But, you know, mm-hmm. they said, you got a really good, you got a really good voice. It's like, it's, it's great talking to you. And I started saying, okay, well, getting it to a point where I could replicate what I did for myself, but do it quickly for other people. And when I had that realization, I'm like, holy crap, there's a business here. Like, this is actually a thing. And people were, people were paying me money for it. You know, they were like, can you do that for me? That's what coaching is, right? Is that what you're saying, basically? I know, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, kind of building out the, the infrastructure, the framework, all the automation, the screening mm-hmm. and finding guests and everything is like, it's all just come together into like this full service thing. And I don't know, like, I never thought I'd be running a business where it's basically, it's, it's a marketing and production thing. I run a production company, mm-hmm. man. I, I went to school not for this and I'm enjoying every minute of what I'm doing here, but I don't know what the next step is but I don't care because I know that whatever it is that's coming down the pipe, whatever it is that podcastify me is leading me to, mm-hmm. it's going to be freaking amazing. I can feel it in my bones. So I'm able to just like do that thing where, yeah, I'm running with scissors. I'm running downhill and I'm running faster like than I can keep up with myself, but it feels great because I'm actually running. I'm not like tentatively walking and like, Oh my goodness. What if there's something, what if there's a woolly buggy around mm-hmm. the corner? I don't care. Yeah. I'll punch it in the face, you know, <laughs> loot it for parts so, and keep going. Right. I had a guy, Steve D Sims on the podcast. He's uh he wrote a book called blue fishing. Um, yeah. Which I didn't read till after I had him on the podcast, <laughs> but uh, in that book, he says uh, that instead of being worried about um, how much money he's going to make things like that, he's worried about being in the same place next month, like the same situation. He wants to always be better off. You know what I mean? He's all his, his worries about um, like complacency and lack of movement. He wants to make sure he's not in the same place he was a month ago, a day ago, right. a year ago, because if he's, n- if he is, then he's not growing. He's not doing the things that he wants to do. And I like that mentality because a lot of times we don't think that way. We think about let's keep what's going right, going right. Not, not mess with things too much, you know, not like play around. That is really profound. And I mean, anytime that someone actively pushes against that, you know, going back to what we said before about how the brain's kind of wired up to do that, it wants to keep you in the same place because predictability means efficient, means we're doing something right. We don't have to consume as many calories worrying about stuff. Mm -hmm. And I actually talked with him and that was early in my podcasting journey, but he is a really cool guy. And if that's how he is, living his life, then that's a really good metric. It means you have the complete freedom to just do different stuff and try new things and to change your mind at minimum once a month, right? Mm -hmm. Just go out there and do some crazy and it's okay. Even if you fail, and this is something that I try to really instill deep in our daughter's lives is embrace failure. I'm like, you're going to mess up. Nobody expects you to be perfect. If they, if they do, they're not being realistic because we're going to screw up stuff, but don't treat failure as something bad. Like I'm bad. Mm -hmm. I suck. You don't, you try to thing 
when other people didn't try a thing and you failed. It just means you thought one thing would happen and it turned out a different way. Yeah. Learn from it. Try something else. You've got new information. Run with it. Well, like you're saying, no one expects you to be good the first time. But the problem is when you expect you to be good the first time, you know, that's when you're. Your expect, I mean, my biggest thing is about lowering expectations. So if I expect something, it's like it's in my hand. And then when it gets taken away, it's like it literally got ripped out of my hand. But if I don't ever put it in my hand fictionally, I didn't lose it, you know? But I used to be the guy who would like, oh, I got the thing. And then I never actually had it. And there it goes. I'm like, oh, they took the thing from me. I'm like, you never had it, you idiot. So, so like lower your expectations is a huge thing for me, but also like have high hopes. Yeah. It's good. It's good when you, when you don't elevate yourself to that and be like, this is an unattainable goal for me, but I'm going to push for it anyway. And then feel crappy when you, you know, assuredly don't get there. It's like, yeah. So, cause there's two questions that are more forward looking um, that I always ask people at the end, but I do want to pitch a, a podcast to you. I know you got plenty okay. of uh, bandwidth for more podcast hosting. So yeah. I already own the domain and I'm already going to definitely make it getting sassy.com getting sassy mm-hmm. S A A S Y. So it's all be about a beat uh, software as a service, but I want to, well, a, I own like 170 something AppSumo lifetime deals thing. So it could be exploring SAS I already own, but also I want to, I want to like have, either episodes or seasons where we develop SAS and the result of the podcast is we're actually getting sassy. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I bought that, that sounds five days ago. <laughs> that sounds really neat. And you're a that software guy. Really neat. I am I'm not. Oh, that is. Well, I am a software guy, but not the kind of software that's sassy. <laughs> not, not this flavor. Yeah. Interesting. Just it's a bug in your ear. Just think about it. Uh, right now, I got the domain, and I put my okay. last guest as the host because I was trying to guilt trip him into doing it. So I might change it to you, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> but is there is there any like uh, last uh, thoughts about about failure or the concept or anything historical before we get to the the last couple of questions, which are more forward looking, or at least more present and forward looking? Is there anything about either your history or just how people should approach failure um and like is there any tips you have as to how to not let it get you down um i think the biggest tip and advice that i would have is fail more often kind of like what you said about steve like where he doesn't want to be in the same place every month deliberately fail on purpose, do things that you know are not going to work out right. I just heard this the other day. Somebody was talking about failure therapy where every day for a month, he would go, it's like a Ted talk. You can probably look it up. Um, Is it Jai with the rejection proof thing about getting no's? It, it might be because I saw it on a TikTok. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it was, that's what it was. That was the guy who he'd ask to like pump people's gas and they'd say no. And it was about going and getting no's. Yeah, well, he it was it was one of the examples he gave where when he was at a burger place and he went and asked for a burger refill, and the guy's like, "We don't." I think do it's that him. Here. He, Sorry, he wrote a book called the guy. "Rejection Proof," and he he's yes. inspired me to do this. Oh, he's one of the people that inspired oh, okay. me because I was like, "I'll be the failure guy." He's the rejection guy, basically in my mind. I'll be the failure guy. Um, I love it because, but like, I'm already good at it. Not like I'm gonna go try to fail, but then I wanted to do like failure guides. 
like failure guys, failure guide to stand up comedy or failure guide mm-hmm. to relationships. And I'd go fail at it for, you know, 30 days or whatever, like yeah. go do a bunch of stand up and then report <laughs> back on it. Um, but those have yet to see the, uh, the light of day or whatever. Um, Dude, just I mean, I feel like I'd, I feel like I'd want to watch you do that. But then I feel like if I laugh, then it's like, well, I ruined it. He failed to fail because Fritz is out there. <laughs> you know, you should be laughing. I don't know. I should be. Laughing. I hope so. I mean, like if but, I become successful as the world's number one failure, I'm going to laugh myself to death because it doesn't make any sense. If that's what did it after all the schooling and the, and the fucking <laughs> accounting and <laughs> bullshit and Excel this modeling. Stand up comedy. I'm that's the answer. The worst basically is how I become self-sufficient it doesn't make any sense like to be successful by being a failure would be the 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 most comedic way for me in my own brain to succeed because it's the least like logical yeah in my mind at least but also there's very little competition for world's number one failure so i just got it i know instantly who's gonna want to do that me. Who's gonna want to do that? They'll be like, nah, <laughs> dude, that's a niche. Like, you're gonna have that niche, man. I, I already don't even want to yeah, be number three or four, man. Just do it. I started the podcast. I realized it was already a failure at podcast that had happened prior, at least a year before. It was called Failure. Yeah. Right? But I emailed him and, Cornelius something. I emailed him. I asked him if he minded. He never got back to me and he never still did the podcast. So I, I've owned the website longer. So whatever. Point isn't okay. whether or not I own the, the thing. The point is, I'm gonna fail it till I nail it, is what I say, instead of fake it till you make it. So I whatever if he comes after me I'll just say hey I tried and whatever I'll change the name of it who cares I'll deal with the thing to your point like just move forward I barely yeah. plan three hours in advance you know unless it's on my calendar I just try to live life you know and and improve and know that I'm not a, a perfect uh, person even remotely close but we're all like that but you can embrace that when other people yeah. are trying to like manufacture perfection and it's not actually possible you're just like i'm a screw up and i still love myself so plus rock and roll plus i'm smart here's a bunch of great ideas and i'm i'm coming from below you i can't be talking down to you if i'm the worst you know yeah was the idea because i'm from boston we can have shitty tone and sound like judgmental (laughs) especially when i left boston um yeah so being a guest on the show you get what's called a get out of fail free card so Mm. this is not it this is a russell brunson uh thing i gotta get printed out some fail get out of fail free cards anyways i've got them designed you gotta take this so take this please boop grab grab grabby grab okay so get out of fail free card um very similar only in name to the monopoly card because what it can do is allow you and unfortunately you have to use it immediately um so you don't get to keep it for long it lets you pursue a hobby a career a passion a thing that you've wanted to do but you've avoided like i said with stand-up you've avoided because of the amount of failure involved and if you had to get out of fail free card you'd go be a pilot or be a uh, astronaut or uh, just go work out more or be a better husband or whatever the thing is i'm not trying to lead you down any specific path but what's the thing that you've thought like an actor or something like oh i really would want to do that but oh i there's too much rejection kind of thing what would you use the card for man I can't use the card. It could be being a good dad. You could use it for that. I'm I'm not trying to feed the answer. Yeah. No, I mean, like, that's the best answer. I mean, I could always be a better dad. I could always be a better husband. As far as work goes, like, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. I made it. 
and I have to give the card back. Give it to someone else. You know, I guess if I if I were going to start up a new thing, I'd be like, I'd start a card game company, and you know, just hey, I know I can get out of the failure. I know it could be like just you know, uh-huh. like a board game, card game, or what do you mean? Like card games, like um, like trading card games or oh, okay, you know, strategy games, like, but it's like just cards, right? Like figure Magic out the gathering or something. Kind of like that. Kind of like that, or uh, you know, role playing games type thing. But you know. There's a lot of mechanics that I have to figure out. It's in process, but I've got to get these other companies more self-sufficient so I can focus on that. But man, if I couldn't fail, I'd totally do that. I'd bang out 20 games and just start slamming them out, man. I, I love, I've always, I've thought about making board games. I mean, so similar idea, but yeah, it's weird because those kind of things, you wouldn't know how it's going to go wrong until you will see people play it and how they're going to use it. So you got to like let it out to figure out mm-hmm. if it's what to fix and if it's got legs and stuff like that. It's like, you need it to fail a bit. Like there's no way to not have it need to be tweaked, you know, cause you can't possibly know what people are going to think is fun or what rules they are going to exploit or how they're going to, you know, mess with things. I guess you could use, you could build on the shoulder of giants who've, who've uh, made all the rules that, that counteract the things that we've done in, in prior games, but still, I mean, it's a yeah. cool thing to do and, and to, it's like a great way to be creative and then provide an experience to people that they get to have on their own. Right. That's cool. I like that. It's hard for me to answer that question though, because it's like, I really wouldn't ever want to cash in a card like that and be like, well, what would you do if you didn't have to fail? Like I want to fail. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, thankfully there's no such thing as that card. So really what it is, is what should you be doing that you're not? That's really what the question is. But instead, if we shrouded in, yeah. in that other way, maybe we'd actually think about what we would do. Cause I would do stand up, but I'm not yeah. right now. <laughs> so why am I not? I got to stand up and say jokes. Um, and I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to do it uh, soon. Ish. You need an intro to a stand up guy. Ish. Or the last guest who I just, re- the, the last guy who I just, uh released he said he wants to learn to play guitar and he's like you got to put a date on it though when are you going to be done and he said his is in eight years and i said okay so in eight years i'll open up for your band with my comedy show but it should be sooner so yes who do you got you got a stand-up person that it would be uh would have advice for a for a person who is hesitant but but very interested yeah i do and his name's Kevin. I'm blanking on his last name, but he's got a podcast as well called Killing the Sacred Cow. And they they do a show where they have you heard you heard about that? No. Oh, they well, they basically like it's just it was interesting sounding. Yeah. Well, they they don't actually kill cows. They uh, you know, talk about oh, I'm not interested in that anymore. <laughs> yeah, not interested, man. Disregard. No, they they look at like old movies that people are like, oh, we just absolutely love this movie. Like we watch it every year or it just really is something near and dear to me. Like, you know, stand by me for mm-hmm. example. Oh. And then they just like tear it apart and just make fun of it. And be like, look at all these goofs mm-hmm. in here. What the heck? Have you seen you cinema? Know, sacred cow. You know that? No. It, uh-uh. it reminds me of that. It's a YouTube thing where like they point out a lot, all the flaws in, in some classic movies, but yeah, I love the yeah. idea. I, uh, yesterday I bought a new website, oddcast.lol. So dude, why didn't I think of that? I need to hang around with you and just be like, hey, man. No, you don't. Because you'll be buying so many websites that we won't get anything done. I've already got, 
I thought I'm like, oh, I've got so many, I've got so many. I've got maybe 10. You're like, you silly child. 10? You can measure it in two digits? That's funny. How many domains do you have? You said before. Uh, it's somewhere between 60 and 100. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Because I dropped some off. I, I've, I've let a few titcoin dot what the fuck just, just went away. Um, it was going to be an OnlyFans Bitcoin merger, like where you pay yeah. for OnlyFans type of things with Bitcoin. But Titcoin was just a pun. That's all it really was. I don't know anything about making that happen. <laughs> didn't didn't go anything with that. Didn't go anywhere with that, huh? I bought yeah. the website, and then it, a year later, I realized I wasn't going to do anything with it. But uh, you know, I it, the you know how it is. The first year is like I was really cheap. I'm like, if it's available, I always thought things would be bought by now. So unfortunately, yeah. Oddcast.com was bought. So I bought Oddcast LOL, which is my first ever dot LOL, but it was two bucks. So I was like, whatever, screw it. Um, Ooh, man, it's awesome. Because I want to do an improv one. You know, Comedy Bang Bang. Have you ever heard of that show? That sounds from familiar but i've not seen it's it's been going on for like 13 or 14 years as a podcast um it was also a tv show uh but they have a real celebrity guest and they have fictional other guests and they're hilarious characterizations of what it like just characters that people play and i wanted to do something like that an odd cast to me sounds like that kind of a thing so i love it who knows i love it but uh, what am I doing? So, okay, you, you're you using your get out of fail free card for either card games or you're going to pay it forward and give that card to somebody else so they can use it for their own lives. Let's pay it forward. I'll pay it forward. I'll figure out the card games thing eventually. I'll probably fail around. Find someone really down on their luck. Yeah. And give them the card. Give them the card. And then you don't even know later on they come back and then they give you trillions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they couldn't fail and they, they did some Or trillions amazing. of bitcoins or whatever. Yeah. Well, right. yeah, that's even more dollars. Um, the last one before it's where people can find you and like connect with you if they can um, is what is the next thing you're going to fail at? As I say, fail it till you nail it. What is the thing that you are actively pursuing or getting engaged in that you don't know what you're doing and you're going to keep messing it up until you figure it out? It's building this podcasting company. I have a pretty audacious goal. I want to get 50 clients going at the same time by the end of the year. That's going to require massive, massive work on the onboarding and editing and publishing process. And I know that it's going to be a big job. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fail multiple times. I'm probably going to like micro fail a lot. I may macro fail quite a bit. Mm. I may lose some people, but that's part of the process. So, you know, I, every day I am working hard to like push past a lot of mental blocks. There's mm. a time when I was like afraid of success and I'm like, no, push past that's that. That's a weird one, right? It is. It really is. It's like, why, why are you afraid of money? Well, because uh, for years I was taught like having a ton of money was a bad thing and rich people, they got it by shady means. And it's like, well, no, I mean, that's not always the case. Yeah. We think that, but I don't feel that way anymore, but I'm still trying to like divest myself of some old ways of thinking. And it can be tough. And, yeah. Cause for me, yeah. uh, it's like, um, they say money can't buy happiness. And I'm like, I got to go get that amount of money and, and realize that they're not bullshitting me. <laughs> Because right. if they are, there's a big bonus there. I mean, there's a certain amount of money that then 
get you out. They say something like 60 grand a year or something. Then anything after that doesn't really matter because you can live comfortably. There's like a certain mm-hmm. amount of money where below that you're, you're, you're not happy because you can't afford the necessities. But after a certain amount, like adding more zeros to it really doesn't add to your happiness meter as much as uh, human connection and other things like that. But right. I want to feel that, you know, I want to experience that excess money that doesn't make me happy. <laughs> yeah. What's that like? What's it like to just lay on a bed full of like hundred dollar bills and be like, what does this feel like? Uh, I, yeah. I've worked for a billionaire who was not happy. So I get that he wasn't happy, but maybe I could make it work. Might work for me. This time it's different. Yeah. So where do people go to find you? Where do, where's the best place to, uh, best place. You can give me 80 places. If you want I'll put them all in the show notes. No, I'm going to, I'm going to just do one. I'm going to keep it simple. Cause that's kind of guy I am. Go to podcastify.me. That is the best place. You can find out what we're doing in the podcasting space, how we are poised to have a massive impact really on the entire world by who we help and how we do it. And if you're listening to this and you think, maybe I should have a podcast built around myself, then that's also a great place to set up a call where we can do a deep dive and find out what you got going on and how best we can build a podcast around you. But it, it is an exciting time. I tell people it's like, this is the third wave of podcasting. First wave was people coming out of broadcasting. Next wave was people that realized, hey, this is a great way to do content. Now the third wave, this is an amazing sales and marketing tool. And not everybody is on this. Mm-hmm. That's why it freaking works amazingly well. But it's only going to work well until everybody else starts doing it. So I think you're going to be the podcast whisperer who gets to coax it out of everybody. Right. Cool. Now, don't run off and go buy podcast.whisperer, please. Dot whisperer. Don't. Yeah, that's a TLD right there. Uh, the top. There we go, man. Uh, I bet I was surprised they had a dot fail. I was so pumped when they made a dot fail. So I own a a few dot fails because that was not expected. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know they'd get so wild with the, with the the endings. They're they're called TLDs, top level domains for people who are listening, but, um, there's no dot whisperer, unfortunately. Uh, I'm just going to, I don't know. I'm just going to say that confidently. (laughs) Or write it I made a script to try every day. I'd be like, ding, five bucks. Yes. I want to, what I want to do, and if you're in, in down for this, uh, I want to become a name cheap. I want to become a, a GoDaddy. I want to know how, how much they they see behind the scenes. What do they pay? $3 or something or something? I nothing. I have no idea. I want to be able to see behind the curtain and see what's available and and be the, the I can. No pun intended. Like, I can do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Basically, Whatever the hell they did to become a company that can see behind the Wizard of Oz curtain, I want to see what goes on behind the scenes. Like, you know, because I want to, if yeah. if they sell them for different prices, there's some some base price they're all paying or something. Who knows? Yeah, they got to make their money somehow. What if it's just some? What if it's just one other guy? I know you need to you need to have seventy five grand in capital, working capital, and there's a giant application. I'm happy yeah. to fill out the giant application. I don't know how to have $75,000. <laughs> what if it's just one guy? What if it's just another bald guy and they, and you meet him and it's like. If you're out there. You finally made it. If you're out there, even if you have hair. You found it. And even if you're a woman, I will still accept it. 
But if you're a bald man, apparently you're a friend of the line. Well, Michael, I, I, I do appreciate you coming on. Is there any final words you want? To, what's your, what's your, uh, I'll give you whatever you want. 10 oh, seconds as your don't be afraid to fail. Sign off. Fail fast, fail hard, but fail often. You'll get better at it. Would you like to be more efficient, productive, and confident in your work at the office? Over 750 million people worldwide use Excel, yet it's still a misunderstood and frequently misused tool. That's why I created Excel Exposure, so you can work smarter and not harder. The Excel Essentials course gives you over five hours of in-depth video lessons, plus it comes along with my master workbook, which has every function, shortcut, and all the examples to follow along. Investopedia actually included my course in their list of six best online Excel classes of 2021, saying it's best for visual learners. As someone who's an expert in failure, I can certainly teach you and your team how to avoid spreadsheet failures and create bulletproof Excel documents. Use the coupon code FAILURE for 20% off of the lifetime access price. Visit ExcelExposure.com for more information and also my existing award-winning free training. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.